Hello? Yo. Hey, what's going on? I'm just watching our beloved Cavs. As am I. The app looks different now when you make a call. I've never seen it like this before, so I wasn't sure if we were activated. Yeah, it looks a little uh, newer, but... Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Well, see what happens. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. We are on stereo today because Kyle is getting ready for a trip this weekend. How's all that going? Uh, dude, packing sucks. Getting stuff ready and making a list of what you have or what you have to take. And I don't know, it's just been a pain in the ass. Good thing Jess is doing it all. <laughs> Sounds about right. All right. Well, uh, we'll get right down to it. The Browns, of course, had a bye week for week 13. So obviously nothing to break down there. I think we had, we talked just about enough of the week 12 game against Baltimore on the last episode. And we're ready to put that game completely in the rearview mirror because it was ugly on the offensive side, at least. And with one week on by, we're right back to playing Baltimore. Yeah, so this should 100% work in our favor, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it is crazy to me. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it more as we get to the game, but it is crazy to me just in terms of the Browns in general that there are fans out there that have watched this entire season and still go, all right, well, we'll just run the table. We'll win like four or five, and boom, we're in the playoffs. It's crazy to me to think of that, that there's people out there that are legitimately still expecting this team to just wake it up, turn it on. But, turn that's it, all you got to do. That team. What's that? That's all you got to do is win the games, right? That's it. Win them all. Yeah, but we've played 12 already and haven't been able to do that very well. So it's just what's crazy to me is why do fans think that all of a sudden, because of one bye week, we're going to be all good, even though they they sat Baker for the Denver game, gave him a week off, basically a bye week. He came back and has played like shit. So why did the fans think that all of a sudden this week off is going to make him come back great? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I've heard I've, I've heard 50-50 kind of of uh, people thinking what you're saying. But I, I've heard a lot of people calling in this week to certain talk shows and kind of being on the whole I'm, I'm, I'm over the experiment. Baker's played like trash. We need to do figure something out. And, and people are starting to talk about the offseason of what, what can we do in the offseason, you know. And it's funny. We talked about Derek Carr last week. This is the first week I've heard Derek Carr's name mentioned on sports talk shows. Uh, with the Browns. Um, I think it was the afternoon show that brought it up. Um, I, I posed heard quite... that myself yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Ye- yesterday, the day before, yeah, where they are like, what would you think about Derek Carr? And they started talking about it for like maybe five minutes, but still interesting. You know, we talked about it last week, and now I just feel more and more people are starting to be like, eh, I'm not 100% on this guy anymore, you know? And But, of course, there's still the fanatics that I think someone put a quote on Twitter today. It said, uh, Baker could walk on water, and there'd still be people arguing that he, sh- he should swim, you know? But, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, now they're comparing <laughs> him to Jesus. Of course they are. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine, like, looking at his, like, statistical career and, and trying to argue about that to pretend like that's something good. Uh, I don't know. I, I, we won't get into it this week. We've got a game to prepare for. Um, but, yeah, I mean, mostly all last week, I agree with you, the, the, the talk of the town was, what do we do going forward? What's the future of this team? And then now the talk, because we're getting closer to a game, 
that's where the fandom kicks in. That's where the fans start to go, all right, all we got to do is win. Now they're all excited again. So it's crazy to me that, you know, we, we didn't play a game. Nothing has changed except for Baltimore and Cincinnati lost. Pittsburgh beat Baltimore, so they got the win there. But because of that, and then the Raiders lost. So the Browns' playoff chances are still very well alive. It's just, like you said earlier, you have to win the games, and that's going to be the biggest yeah. test for the Browns. A, because A lot of things went in our favor last weekend as far as the Browns still staying alive. Um, a lot Absolutely. of teams lost that needed to lose, which is interesting, you know. <clears throat> I mean, mathematically, the Browns are still in it, but from a actual physically playing the game standpoint, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> I mean, if, even if you just, even if you if you football. play this, yeah, if you play the schedule game, I don't see us. I mean, honestly, I, I really don't. I see us. This week's a toss up, but I mean, you may be winning two games the rest of the season. That's that's my prediction, you know, and that's not going to get you anywhere close to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you're you're below 500 at that point with the 17th game. And the AFC, it's, it's, it hasn't been great, but at the same time, the AFC has been uh, very competitive. There are a lot of teams still alive. So, and, and some of them in a bad way, because there are a lot of teams that just play like shit one week, play great the next week. They're, they're so Jekyll and Hyde. So for me, like the Browns finishing with eight wins is a colossal disappointment in my eyes. That's not anything to be excited about personally. I'm not, I understand we've sucked for the last 20 years. But I have moved past that. We made the playoffs. This regime is in place. They are designing a team to win continuously. So to me, an eight-win season is a failure. So there are going to be Browns fans that are going to go, well, we still won eight games with Baker if that's you know how our record ends. And it's like, A, no, we didn't because Kirk Cousins – or I'm sorry, uh, Case Keenum won us one of those games. And B, if just winning – you know, seven to eight games a year is all you care about as a Browns fan, then you really need to reevaluate your level of expectations because there are greener pastures known as perennial playoffs, as Super Bowls, things of that nature, that I don't think fans are really fans want to yell Super Bowl, Super Browns and get excited, but I don't think they really have that Super Bowl mentality, if if you know what I mean. I think they just say I to say it. I, don't, I think deep down they kind of know that like we need to be better to do that. So they just yell Super Bowl and, and argue about moronic shit. I don't think my anxiety could take us going to Super Bowl. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it would be a uh, tough game. I'll tell you that. The crazy thing is, like, I've seen our other teams, the Indians and Cavs, win, well, one, win and lose championships and heartbreaking they, efforts. Especially they made the it to the show. Team. They made it to the show, at least. You know, they made it there, you know. That's the thing is, yeah, the Browns getting to a Super Bowl would be the first one in history. So that's where the extra pressure of, as a fan is like, holy shit. Obviously, you want to win. But as your first one there, there's so much pressure because I've never experienced a Super Bowl loss before. So it's not like, don't get me wrong, I don't think any team, any fan base that's watched a Super Bowl loss is excited about it. But it's one of those things of like, it's great that we made the Super Bowl, but how would I feel after we lose? I guess I'd have to just live it. Is that a true definition well. of moral victory? Just getting to the Super Bowl, like if we won the AFC Championship or we're in the Super Bowl, do we discount that as a moral victory? Uh, <laughs> like, no, would, for me, it would depend on the circumstances. If we lucked our way in because, like, you know, we ended up having just an easy stretch in the playoffs and we played a bunch of teams and like 
let's just say, for instance, we're playing the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes breaks his ankle on the first drive of the game and we win the game, I'd be like, okay, great. I'm, I couldn't be happier we're going to the Super Bowl, but at the same time, it's not a moral victory because I want to know that we can beat these teams consistently. I want to be like the Patriots where Super Bowl is a legitimate chance every single year, you know, back when they had Tom Brady. Obviously, that's easier said than done. Teams are not designed to be that good, but I mean, it goes with any team. I mean, look at the Packers, look at the Patriots, look at the uh, – uh, the Chiefs now, teams like that that just every year you're like, well, they could definitely go to the Super Bowl. It, it's not out of the question. I'd like to just be in that conversation and not uh, be a team like, for instance, the Titans or somebody that's like, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. They make the playoffs almost every year, but are they really a Super Bowl threat? You know what I mean? Well, we thought going into the season we were a Super Bowl team. I mean, that was the talk of the town. Super Bowl ex- expectations, you know, aspirations to go to the Super Bowl. And that really fucked us in the ass. Yeah, I mean, for me, I never really changed my feelings on it, it. It came down to Baker. If Baker plays like he did the second half of the year last year, if that was truly who Baker is as a quarterback, then yes, this team is a playoff or a Super Bowl contender. If Baker does not play at that level, I mean, that for him, he has to play that great or else the, Brown, the Browns don't really stand a chance because he's not good enough to do anything if he's not playing at the highest level possible. As well, according to him, he's, he's the healthiest he's felt in a while. That bye week, he went and, you know, dipped his toe into the fountain of youth down there in, in Florida. He feels great. So we should win these next uh, next couple of games here, no problem. I'm pretty sure he said before the Ravens game that was the healthiest he had ever felt, and we managed to barely score one touchdown because he threw the ball that almost hit a worm. It was so fucking close to the ground. To a wide open receiver, <laughs> mind you. That just shows you his inaccuracy. But so we just run we run it forty five times. I mean, hell, if uh, the the Patriots can do it, we can do it, right? That's that's the plan. I I jokingly said that going into the Baltimore game because I thought, huh, what team would throw the ball less than five times? That's not heard of. And then the Patriots go and do it and win the game. And then I go, holy shit! Did Bill Belichick listen to the show and then? take that advice for that shitty game against Man, the Bills. I, I love the NFL coaches ch- uh, uh, tuning into talking about balls, you know. Shanahan, now Belichick, he can't get better than that. If only Kevin Stefanski would, because he's the one that really needs to pay attention. The other two have been to Super Bowls. One's won a Super Bowl. They know what they're doing. But honestly, I remember saying that last week with the, uh, before the, the Ravens game. Yeah, I joked, but I said our strategy should be give 25 handoffs to Hunt, 27 handoffs to Chubb, Maybe one or two to Dearness Johnson. Baker throws the ball twice. That's it. You'll win the game. And I, I truly believe that if that's what our offense was last week or last game, we win that game. Well, I truly feel, I mean, we'll get into talking about this week, but I truly feel that is what is setting up to be the game plan. Um, because I think Stefanski has probably heard nothing but that shit in the last week and a half about how we didn't run the ball at all or very well against Baltimore. Now it's probably going to be one of those well, I guess I'm just going to shove it down everyone's throat and see what happens. You know, he's talking about putting both Hunt and Chubb on the field at the same time, which I like that idea. As long as it's schemed correctly, I like that idea. You're going to put have to put somebody out there because we have no tight ends that are going to be able to run an offense anymore because they're all out with COVID. So, Yeah, our entire offensive structure is really in the weeds right now because you have – Harrison Bryant's been officially ruled out with that ankle injury that he suffered in the game against Baltimore. He's officially out. David Njoku tested positive for COVID yesterday, I think, or maybe the day before. Um, but he's vaccinated, so if he gets 
you know, two negative tests or whatever the, whatever it is, he'll be okay. He'll be allowed to play. But so far, based on every other player in the NFL that's tested positive for COVID, you're going to miss at least one game. So I'm expecting us to be without David Njoku. As you said, you know, we're without Harrison Bryant. We are down with, you know, Jack Conklin's obviously hurt for the, for at least this season. God knows how long that, that injury will really be. So we're on to, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to roll the dice with James Hudson, the rookie right tackle. Uh, oh, no, that's the, the big secret. That's a big secret today. Did you hear about that? How he didn't want to announce it? <laughs> oh, I mean, everybody and their brother knew that he was getting first team reps. So it looks like Hudson's going to get the start and he's going to be on a very short leash. So if he doesn't play well, then uh, it's back to Blake Hance. But you're going in with a rookie right tackle. You have no tight ends. So already your blocking is going to be questionable. And your run game might suffer because of it. Because the Ravens had a great game plan against the run game last time we played them. And that was with Jack Conklin for a quarter. That was with Harrison Bryant and David Njoku. Now you're down to some backups. You're down to only Austin Hooper pretty much as your main tight end. You are down to, based on what I've I've seen from uh, James Hudson, Blake Hance is the more ready player right now. So it's a bold move to have him not play. But I don't know what, you know, maybe Bill Callahan sees something. So trial by fire the kid out there. Do you think they run a six lineman and and sit someone, you know, like, like putting an extra tight end out there, but all the guys out there do the block? Or – do you run the two, you know, the two backs, Chubb and Hunt, and you use Hunt or Chubb or whatever as kind of a lead blocker for the other? They did that a couple times last year, I think, and it, it kind of worked out a little bit with Hunt in front of Chubb. It almost like worked out perfectly on the one or two times they did it. But I'm curious to see how creative they get. But the six man on the line is not a alignment. not a not a. Um, they could possibly do that. You know what I mean? Just think of them as a tight end and just put them out there as a blocker. And see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it sounds in theory like a good idea, but for me, that that really limits your offense then, because obviously you have Baker Mayfield as the quarterback. They can stack the box and force him to beat them. If you put an extra lineman out there, then they can really load that box up because they damn near guaranteed that you're going to run the ball. So their defense right. is going to be right there. And then, uh, for for your thoughts on the double backs out there. It's a good idea, but personally, I don't want Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb blocking anybody on a run play right. because you see fullbacks. You have to run to the full head of steam. You're trucking into guys head first. A lot of guys probably get concussions or injuries that they don't really tell people because fullbacks are tough. I don't want our running backs who have already been riddled with injuries in that situation personally. So having them out there is like a confusion play, sure, but having one of them as a blocker, as like a fullback in a sense, I, I'm very against uh, Andy Janovich, I think, is back. He should be good to go. So if you have your fullback, just leave your fullback out there. That's why he gets paid to do that. Could you run a three-man uh, backfield? You know, Baker, and then you got the tight end, uh, the the fullback, and two running backs split to the left and the right. I'm just, I'm, of course, this is me just years of playing Madden, just thinking the offenses you can run. I'm just trying to think what else they're going to fucking do because their entire offense runs through tight ends. So I don't not quite yeah, sure what again, do. with the better quarterback, maybe, but with that situation, I think you're really exposing yourself of we're gonna try to run the I mean, if it's working, more power to him. I mean, the the Ravens are just fucking bombarded with injuries this season and couldn't happen to a better team. But they're so injured on defense, I think you're almost just if, if it works, if you can run it down their throat and they know it's a run play, but they still can't stop it, more power to you. But I feel like if you run up if you're in those weird 
play formations. I think they're going to know that you're running the ball because we don't have an outside threat at wide receiver. So let's say hypothetically you load up three running backs in the backfield, Janovich, Hunt, and Chubb, and then you still have a tight end on the line. And then what do you have? One one wide receiver, maybe Landry out there. You know, Landry's not really right. a threat, nor is Hooper as like a speed guy. So you're really limiting. They can they can stack that box just so ridiculously. Here, um, and the other thing too, the work you mentioned injuries is Humphreys is out for the season. That's your number. That's your number one corner right there. I mean, do you just yeah, go ahead and having a hell put... of the season? He was arguably going to be a Pro Bowler. Like he was having a really good season. Do you do you just put the um, the ball in Baker's hand and let him? Um, and try to beat them because they don't really have any other corners back to really be scared of and just see what happens. Uh, no, I don't think you go out of your game plan because you have, um, you don't have wide receivers that get separation. I know you're playing against a lot of backups and stuff like that, but at the same time, it is Baltimore's defense. It's the Baltimore Ravens. They are a very disciplined team. Even though they're guys we've never heard of, they're probably still going to be out there playing very well. We got a message, by the way, too. Okay, we'll check that out in a second. For whatever reason, the Ravens just – they continuously replenish. So, I don't know. I'm expecting – I'm expecting an ugly game, to be honest. I I think the weather could be a little ugly. I think it's going to be wet. Uh, Not too cold, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to double-check. But – uh, I mean, we'll break it down later, but we'll we'll get. I mean, we kind of already did. We'll break down our picks, yeah. but right. We'll break down our picks, but at the same time, yeah, I, I think I, I just think Baltimore is going to kind of do exactly what they did the last time we played. They're going to shut down the run and make Baker beat them. My thing too is their offense is only healthier. The Ravens, um, it's not great. Lamar Jackson's been playing like shit. Do I think we can come away with another four interceptions? Probably not. Do we need to get at least two? Yeah, and we need to capitalize. That's the biggest thing. The offense is to capitalize. But we'll we'll do our picks and break everything down. You want to check that message? Go ahead. If you guys watched in the second half of the Steelers-Ravens game last weekend and saw how Benny Snell and Najee Harris ran all over the Ravens defense, pretty sure that Chubb and Hunt should be able to run all over the Ravens defense this week. You would think, right? Yeah, in a perfect world, we should. <laughs> Yeah, in a perfect world, the Browns, I mean, the Browns running running backs are a thousand times better than the Steelers. Our offensive line, even at four out of five uh, starters, is way better than the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger and Baker Mayfield at this point in his career are pretty comparable as quarterbacks you're not really afraid of at all. So, yeah, I mean, the, the teams have shown how to beat the Ravens for sure. It's just, for whatever reason... Stefanski doesn't do that. I don't I don't understand why. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. I don't get why he was afraid of the run game when we were never down by double digits. The game was never out of reach. The running game should have not been thrown out till the, the very last drive because obviously like, he had I, less than two minutes to go. I feel like he tried running the ball the first three or four plays and then like it wasn't getting yardage. And I think he got. I, don't, I'm not, I can't speak for Stefanski. I'm not an NFL coach, but it's almost like he saw the um, non-success of that and decided to go in a different direction the entire rest of the game. It's like not he gave up on it way, way too soon, you know. And I, I, I don't know if he just didn't trust it, but I mean, you got to wear him down a little bit. And that's what the that's what the Steelers did. Like watching that game was frustrating to me. Watching them towards the second half just wear that defense down and running it and running it and running it. And then that's what you have to do. And then they were successful. It just frustrates me because if we would have done that, 
I feel we'd have got one or two big pot plays and we and we would have won that game. But you know, again, I'm not the coach, so yeah, I mean the Steelers offense against the Ravens were basically the best analogy that I can come up with is imagine a big hairy hillbilly quarterback that just stops a woman and keeps pressuring her while she says no until eventually he gets in. You know what I mean? That was kind of like what the running game did. It was perfect. It uh, that's, not perfect. that's the best analogy. That's the best analogy you can get. That's the best one I can think of. Yeah, uh, just you know, a quarterback that just forces a, a woman in a room, won't let her leave. Maybe it will just say hypothetically a bar bathroom. Just keeps forcing himself on her until eventually it's successful. And that's what the Steelers did on Sunday. They just kept pushing and prying and forcing, and then it happened. And I mean, no charges that, were filed, that, but that happened. guy sounds scary. That guy sounds scary. He can he can be. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the Browns did not run the ball enough. We were very critical of Stefanski. No excuses when you have you know two of those great running backs like that. Uh, for whatever reason, he just avoided it. Don't really know why, but I think peer pressure is going to give in this week. I think you're going to see a lot of the run. I think he I think he listens to critics, even though we don't want him to. I think he hears it, and I think this week you're just going to see him pound that ball. I think you're going to see at least 35 to 40 runs, rushes this week. I hope so. I mean, you know, there were a couple dropped interceptions even from the Ravens because Baker was inaccurate as shit. So you're in a situation where why are you not trusting your running game, but you're trusting a quarterback who's clearly struggling this season. And again, I don't want to be – conspiracy guy but it really they're they're overusing baker and forcing him to play forcing him to throw all the time we're running an offense that i don't really recognize and i don't get why because it's clearly not successful we can't score points uh overall over the last like nine weeks we've scored less than like 20 points or something like that or over the last seven games whatever the fuck it is aside from the cincinnati game our offense is struggling terribly um so they're just building you know, a video happened? resume as to why not to sign him in the offseason. They're going to show That's him kind of what it looks well, like, because it, I, I can't really make sense of what's happening with the, with the, the offense overall. I really can't. Um, but speaking of the NFL and a little bit of ch- chatting that we did there, let's get into the week that was. We had Thursday night football started off. The Dallas Cowboys easily took care of the Saints. It was a slow start. It was ugly. And then Taysom Hill being a really bad quarterback worked out like the Cowboys would have expected. They had four interceptions. Oh, we are talked about that game on Sunday because that one already happened. But yeah, so they had four interceptions, won the game, took advantage of those turnovers. That's what the Browns should have done, but they didn't. What can you do? Sunday, we recorded while some games were going on. I think we finished well, we, up around halftime, give or take. We so, recorded a couple times on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but even the second one wasn't done till halftime. So none right, of these games right. are the final. So we had the Dolphins beat the Giants 20 to 9. Ugly game. No one really cares about it. The Dolphins, however, don't look now. They're on a hot streak. They're another team that's creeping up on the Browns. So the four lose, or, is that five in a row? Get. Uh yeah, five straight games. They started five. one and seven. Wow. So good, good for them. them. Um the Colts beat the shit out of the Texans 31 to nothing. Wasn't even a game. The Lions get their first win of the season. Kyle's prediction came through. God damn it. So annoyed I didn't game. switch my pick. <laughs> what a game. I mean, if you guys watched any of it, at, at one point, Detroit was 
winning by quite a bit. The Vikings came back and took the lead. And then in the final possession, something Baker Mayfield can't do. Jared Goff drives the Lions down the field, wins the game on fourth down as time expired. What an amazing game. Would love to see that happen for the Browns once, but I'm not holding my breath. The Eagles beat the shit out of the Jets. That is Gardner Minshew leading the Eagles. That's right. Jordan Love was out with an injury. So Gardner Minshew comes out and doesn't skip a beat. 33-18. to 18. Jets are terrible. Cardinals handle the Bears. As expected, there's really nothing too exciting about that game. Everybody knew the Cardinals were going to win. Shitty weather in Chicago. Kyler Murray and the, the Cardinals dominated a very bad Bears team. Arguably the game of the week, at least for the first half, the Chargers and the Bengals. That was actually a really fun game. I don't know how much of that you watched, but it was a really good game. Yeah, I watched uh, some of it at your house and finished watching it at home. But, I mean, it was it was interesting. I, I did not see the Chargers winning that. I think we both picked the Bengals in that scenario. Um, yeah, one, but at one the, point I think the Chargers were up like 24 to nothing or something like that. And yeah. then the Bengals made a comeback, and it was 24-22. The Bengals had just scored a touchdown. They go for two. They don't get it. So it's 24-22, and then the wheels fell off. They fumbled, turned it over, didn't score again, ended up losing 41-22. The Chargers took care of business, um, which is, again, Maybe. huge for the Browns. Did Burrow break his finger or just dislocate his finger? Uh, I'm not positive, to be honest. I know I saw he didn't practice today to rest the finger. I'm not exactly sure what the exact injury is. But either way, that was, that was one of the that was one of those losses the Browns needed. You know, the Bengals losing, so that's a big loss. Absolutely, I mean, the Bengals at one point. I mean, obviously we beat them, so we would hold the, we would take the tiebreaker in that situation. But um, the Bengals are playing really well this year, and every loss counts for the Browns. But again, I don't want to back back my way into the playoffs if that makes sense. Don't get me wrong. As a Browns fan, I'm happy to make the playoffs, but I don't want to make the playoffs at like. Eight and eight and nine, and be like, well, we won the division at eight and nine, even though we we suck. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't. I don't have a lot of pride for that. It's like winning the the NFC East last year. It was like kind of embarrassing to win it. I mean, at, at this point, after this season, I'll take a back into the playoffs just to get us there and see what happens. But no, I, I get your point too. But I'm at the know. point where I'd rather like if I'm going to the playoffs, I want to be a legitimate playoff team. Or I'd rather have a draft pick because, I mean, anything's possible when you make the playoffs, sure. But I'm not going to be outrageous with my expectations and think that, you know, if we make the playoffs, anything's possible. I, I would kind of be, again, I maybe this is just me because I love the draft so much. But I'd rather have a good draft pick than a first-round embarrassing exit in the playoffs. But that's just me. <laughs> Buccaneers handle the Atlanta Falcons 30-17. to 17. Never really a game. Tom Brady remains undefeated against the Falcons in his career. 10-0, uh, there it is. 10-0 career record versus Atlanta. That's including playoffs. The Jaguars lose by 30 to the Rams. Now, not really a close game there. Urban Meyer, there's a lot of rumors speculating that he could be on his way out. A one-and-done situation. He's kind of done just about everything in his power to make everyone hate him and to want him out out with this young team. So wouldn't be surprised there if he gets canned. Bring, bring him to the Browns. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't yeah, say that. No, I'm, I'm all set. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, another loss for a team that helps the Browns was the Raiders. This is a, good, this is a, good, this is an interesting game, football. too. 
Yeah, this was a good game. Nice, well. close one. The Raiders took the lead towards the end. Um, the the Washington football team kicked the game-winning field goal with like 30 seconds to go. Nice, fun game. I mean, if I was one of those teams, it was ugly, but a win's a win. The The Washington football team are 6-6. Six and six. Kind of shocking because they started off so bad. And they've won a few straight games here, all without Chase Young, which is impressive because he's arguably their best player. Yeah, um... Tyler Heineke looked pretty pretty decent. I mean, he didn't look horrible. I mean, again, I think that's just the guy they're going to ride with. What he had like two interceptions or an interception and two touchdowns or something. He looked okay. Yeah, I think I mean, he moved the ball down the field. So Ron Rivera said that in the offseason. They asked him about the quarterback situation, about drafting one, and he said, "No, we're just going to roll with what we have." And uh, they're doing it, and it's working so far. I mean, six and six. I think the Cowboys are probably going to pull away with the division out there in the East, but I mean. Anything's possible. The Cowboys have had a couple of a couple of games where you really scratch your head. I mean, they're only eight and four, so it's not like Washington's a mile away. But the season is getting a little. They little play each other to again, too. So I mean, it could be interesting. They, yeah, they do play each other one more time. Next up, we have the Ravens against the Steelers, as we talked about a little bit before the game started. Obviously, the Ravens lost that one. Why did he go? Why did he go for two? What's your opinion? I mean, do you think he went for two just because, like, fuck it? You know, we've gotten this far so far. We're just gonna try to oh, win did it you now. Not see or... his quote after the game? No, I didn't see his quote after the okay, game. Okay, yeah, they asked was, him specifically. He said that was it injuries. Yeah, he said we pretty much have no healthy corners on the roster. So he's like, we just went for it. He said we either win the game here or, or we go home. Hmm. Okay, makes sense then. Which is kind of a weird way to look at it because. And me personally, I, you could you could go to overtime and maybe get the ball, just go down and score a touchdown. You win the game. Pittsburgh never touches it. Your corners don't matter. So the 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 thought process of we're going for two because we have a bunch of injuries at corner. Fuck it. I mean, I don't know. It's weird to me. It's not like college where you get like everyone gets a possession. There's a chance right. the Ravens would have never had to put a corner on the field. So I don't know. Interesting. Interesting move. That backfired just goes to show you Lamar Jackson's inaccuracy as a quarterback. He had Mark and Andrews open, missed him. Another loss by by a team that we needed to lose. So yeah, there you go. I was gonna say like couldn't be happier, but at the same time, them losing means Pittsburgh won. So it's one of those situations where fucking both not happy about it, but <laughs> somebody had to lose, I suppose. The 49ers lose to the Seahawks, snapping their losing streak. Uh, Russell Wilson has looked like shit for the last month, and they face the Niners, and they turn it around a little bit. I mean, again, as I talked about the last time we recorded, I'm happy for it as a guy with Jets fans, friends. Um, every every win for Seattle hurts the draft pick that the Jets get from them, so keep them coming. Seahawks, win out, please. Did you see the, the article today where Russell Wilson or maybe his agent released it where he said when he picked three teams, he'd be okay being traded to? Oh, no, I didn't. I'm guessing we're not on it. No. So New Orleans, Denver, and New York Giants. Okay. Interesting teams. But we, but we are not on that list. At least not yet, but we're not on there right Yeah, now. I mean, that's all that takes is a dinner with the owner and the management to go over everything and you show – you. You show them a couple clips of uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in this offensive line, and you say, hey, Russ, you don't want this in your life? <laughs> right. I feel like show, him the white, show him the white teller uh, head dive across the field, blocking that one dude. Yeah, there yeah, you go. So you, Sold. You, don't want, you don't want to play for this guy? I think he would change his tune pretty quickly. 
it can't even be like a weather thing because he's he played at Wisconsin. So Wisconsin has that Midwest shit weather just like Cleveland. He's picking New York as one of the teams. New York has shit weather. Uh, so does Denver. New Orleans is in a dome, so it doesn't matter. And then, yeah, Denver is a horrible winter state or city. So I don't know. Maybe maybe he could be persuaded. I don't think it would really be that tough to persuade people, to a quarterback, to come here. Could also be a respect thing. I mean, I think everybody in the brother knows Denver is going to be in the hunt for a quarterback. Everybody in the brother knows the same thing with the, the Saints. The Giants, that one's still up in the air. It looks like um, – what the hell's their head coach's name? Joe Judge. Um, they all the rumors right now say their head coach is safe in New York, but Daniel Jones, you never know because he's on like year he's going into year four and he's played like shit. So they're kind of in a situation of the Browns of like this guy's had some promising games, but overall has been a huge disappointment. Except Daniel Jones wasn't a number one overall pick. Daniel Jones, I don't think, was a very good quarterback coming out of Duke. So them drafting them in general, I, I scratched my head a little bit. But it's funny that the two te- two out of the three teams he picked are clearly going to be in the market for a quarterback. The other one, 50-50. So the Browns, I can understand him not putting the Browns on the list because that does put the Browns in a weird situation where they would have to come out and say, oh, no, 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 we don't care about these rumors. We're, we're behind Baker 100%. It could be one of those things where he's only being uh, transparent about teams he can be transparent about, if that makes sense. Yeah, probably. You don't want to – because the second you put Cleveland's name on there, all of a sudden now everyone points at Kevin and, and Baker, and then Baker has to answer questions as to what do you think about Russell Wilson wanting to come to Cleveland. Yeah, because what if Russell Wilson wants to play for the Packers because he went to Wisconsin, knowing Aaron Rodgers is probably done there, he's still not going to come out and say, yeah, I want to play for the Packers because then they're going to have to be like, well, no, 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 we have Jordan Love. We still have Aaron Rodgers. It puts teams in a bad situation. So kind of makes sense. Maybe that, that list is actually a little longer than they're letting everybody know. But I guess we'll find out. Speaking of the shitty Broncos, they lose a clunker to the Kansas City Chiefs, 22-9. to The Broncos stay at 6-6, six and six, another team right there neck and neck with the Browns, but we beat them, so that helps. And the Chiefs, don't look now, 8-4, and four, started off terribly. Everyone was making fun of them. 8-4, and four, they're running away with the West. And, I mean, there's a chance they take the top spot in the uh, – I mean, they have the top spot in the AFC, I think, but there's a chance they take the number one seed as a team that the first few weeks of the season looked like they might not make the playoffs. Yeah, I was uh, – the Chiefs are – Patrick Mahomes isn't still like normal Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's kind of getting there, but, I mean, the Chiefs are just – I think they, I think someone mentioned the other day, I was listening to somebody talk about it, is like they, they've slowed their offense down a little bit. Now it's not all just one big hit plays. Now it's like misogyny moving the ball down the field with, you know, dink and dunk plays or a 20 yard play here and a a five yard play here, you know, and they've slowed their offense down a little bit, which has given their defense more time to rest in the sideline, which in return has given their defense better time to actually shut the ball down on the other side. So, yeah, I think the team's playing better together and not, not just riding the the coattails of Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. Their defense is actually one of the best in football the last few weeks. They're playing Mm -hmm. great after they traded for, um, forgot his name that guy they traded for from the uh, Steelers um they've played great they've looked good the defense looks I mean Daniel Sorensen was about to get booted out of town in the first few weeks of the season he has a pick six on Sunday so overall good for them I, uh, Mark Ingram that's his name okay I keep forgetting his fucking name um not Mark Ingram Melvin Ingram turning that defense around a little bit there in Kansas City they're looking good they're getting healthy at the right time Monday Night Football the ugliest game arguably I've ever seen 
You have the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, 14 to 10, in a game where Mac Jones threw three passes. Your, your phone's muffled. That, I said you were muffled. I don't know where you put your speaker at, but I could barely hear you. Oh, no shit. I didn't even move yeah. it. Yeah. Um, all right, Jones. yeah, I was breaking down the uh, – the Patriots Bills game where did you did you watch the whole game? I you said you're, you're, I watched you're most out of, the, of it. I was watching the Cavs game more. Yeah, it was an interesting game. I mean, it was very it was ugly, but it was interesting. That one broke off run by Harris up the middle there. It was like the most exciting part of the night. That and then watching them kick the ball, seeing how far they can get the ball down the field. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a, a fucking ugly game. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Bills. Uh, as I said, going into the game, Bill Belichick just has to shut down their run game, and that's going to hurt them. But the other thing, too, is obviously that weather condition was not good for passing the ball. So I'd, it, I'd be curious to see the Bills face Bill Belichick and the Patriots, but in a little bit of better climate because I'd be curious to see if Josh Allen really is just going to play as bad as he is or if that was due to the weather. Which, don't get right. me wrong, I mean, there was like 50-mile-an-hour winds, so obviously the weather played a factor. So that was your week 13 recap. Really nothing too exciting. Um, a few good games, but overall, a lot of blowouts. A lot of games where the teams that won, you kind of expected. Not a lot of not a lot of shockers. Uh, <clears throat> NBA-wise, we'll get into that a little bit. The Cavs, I've decided I've reached a point with the Cavaliers. I am done with moral victories. Uh-oh. No, not a bad thing. I'm just I I hit the point where I don't want to see them make a huge comeback against a good team like they did against the Bucks on Monday night, like they did against the Jazz on Sunday. You make these huge comebacks and then you lose nail biters. Or you make this huge comeback and then the last two minutes you kind of piss it away like they did against the Bucks. I just want to see the team beat these good teams. Earlier in the year, we lost a couple close ones to the Warriors, to the Brooklyn Nets, etc., some of the best teams in the league. And that was okay. We were still extremely young. I didn't know what to make of this team. We had a lot of injuries at the time. Now we're pretty much as healthy as we're going to get. And it's it's time to put some teams away. Uh, I mean, currently, as it sits right now, they're taking on the, uh, the Chicago Bulls, who, thank God, are without DeMar DeRozan. They're without Alex Caruso. And the Cavs have a nine-point lead going into halftime. However, if DeRozan and Caruso were healthy – the Bulls are actually one of the better teams in, in basketball right now, especially the East. And I'd be curious to know what that score would actually be because the first half defensively, I, I've been watching the game. I'm sure you have as well. Uh, the Cavs have been a little lethargic. They're giving up some really easy transition plays. They're not defending the three as well as they used to, especially against the Bucks that, that came out and even the jazz too. the jazz shot lights out from three for the first half on Sunday. So the Cavs came into that game as one of the best three-point defending, defending teams in the league. Next thing you know, these last few games, I'm watching these good teams shoot it, and we have no answer for them. So that's a little alarming for me. I'm hoping it's just they're having a little rough stretch, nothing to, to be too alarmed about. But, again, I'm done with the moral victories. If you're going to play a team like the Bucks or the Jazz, these teams are good. They're not – you know, the Warriors are a great team this year. The – the Nets are a great team this year. Those losses, if you lose it close, I can live with it. But you you come back on this huge 15-point deficit against the Jazz, and then you let Darius Garland take damn near a half-court shot with six seconds on the game, 
game clock, like that's just inexcusable to me. That's just stupid basketball. There was yeah, a much that was that was interesting. That was interesting to me. That that shot. I, I was so excited about their twenty to whatever five comeback to to get it to get the tie or get the lead a little bit, and then watching that sh- that that last fifteen seconds of the game, they they just they looked lost and confused. You know, all you needed is two points. What are you doing yeah, shooting? So Garland was dribbling around like a crazy person. Everything got shut off. The Jazz were playing great defense. He passed the ball, got it back. And instead of resetting the offense and trying to like run another play with less than 10 seconds to go, he just heaves this ugly three and that's it. Game over. So pretty poor decision-making. And then on Monday night, I don't want to be too critical of Darius Garland. He's played really well this year, but Monday night he was terrible. He, he, I think he had like 11 points. He was like three of 12 shooting, just really ugly, costly turnovers, wasn't playing great defense. He had a really, after he missed that game winning shot, he had a really rough, 24 hours so well I guess a little more than 24 hours because it was a late game but um, a rough couple of days for Darius Garland after that missed shot and the Bucks game I tweeted about it and I wasn't doing it to like be overly sensitive in the moment prisoner of the moment but I said you know at this point bench Garland because he's hurting the team more than he's helping them he's turning it over he can't hit a shot Isaac Okoro I don't think scored a single point on Monday night's game um just embarrassing. These guys have to have to play a little bit better and play a little more consistent, especially against the defending champions. You're playing the Milwaukee Bucks, and you mean to tell me the number five pick from last year can't score a fucking point? Right, right. And Darius Garland in year, what is he? He's in year three now, trying to take that next level, possibly be an all-star, etc. He barely scores 10 points in the same game. Just inexcusable. I'm over the, the moral victories. This team has enough veterans and enough. They've showed me enough from the young people that it's not a fluke. They could be really good. I just have to see it and win, win some fucking games. <clears throat> so what's your, we talked about at the beginning of the season. Now we're almost, we're not midway through, but I mean, close to, we've got another, what, three, what, two months to go for all-star break or whatever. Um, yeah, what's, your expectation? what's your expectations for the Cavs uh, playoffs, no playoffs. If so, what seed? Uh, well, based on the rest of the East, um, no one's really running away with it. There's a lot of injuries. I mean, the, uh, the Bucks were even struggling up until recently. They're now playing really well. Uh, the Nets, obviously, I think the Nets are a given as long as Kevin Durant can stay healthy. They'll have the one seed. Uh, realistically, if the Cavs can make it between – I'm okay with even the eight seed if they, you make the playoffs, truthfully, for the Cavs. It just depends on how they get there. Um, with how they've showed that they can play well in the beginning of the season – we're not going to have all, we're not going to always play great teams. Like the Jazz are a really good team. Last year, they were the best team in basketball record wise. Last year, the Bucks won the championship. We faced both of those teams, basically the best team in the West and the best team in the East on consecutive nights. That's not an easy thing to do. So, assuming we get a little easier stretch of games, eventually we start playing some lower shitty teams and we kind of have our way with them as we should. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy with like the six or seven seed for the Cavs. I don't want to go crazy and be like, they should be a four seed. I'm realistic. So give me, give me anywhere between five and seven. I think I'd be pretty happy. Eight kind of is irritating because I think they're a much better team than the eight seed. And mm-hmm. anything above that, I think is just great. If they don't make the playoffs at all, embarrassing. And then it's back to the fucking drawing board because what the hell went wrong? 
Right. No, I agree with you. I think I think five, six, seven, you're right. That's a good that's a good number for them to be at. I mean, especially what they're playing right now, unless they just the fucking floor falls out underneath them. But I, I think that they should be on pace, especially in an East that's not that great, I guess. Um, they should at least finish somewhere in the lower half of the uh the play the playoffs. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, assuming Really, the only team that's at the bottom right now, well, there's two of them, that you expect to possibly turn it on and to, to be playoff contenders would be the Hawks and the Celtics. They're currently sitting at 9-10 and 10 in the standings. The uh, Trey Young was off to a really slow start. He's picked it up as of late. So they're slowly creeping their way up. Uh, same thing with the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics started off really slowly, and you expect them to be better as the season goes on. Right now, the Cavs are sitting at the eighth seed. I think the Cavs are a better team than the Hornets, so I'm not really worried about them. The Wizards, I also think, are, are a little started off hot. They're really not that good of a team. And even the Bulls. Uh, again, the Bulls are the two seed. Well, they're they're a half game back from the Nets sitting in the two seed. And they're playing really well. But I've seen DeMar DeRozan. I've seen what he did in Toronto. I've seen what these guys can do. I don't know if they can consistently keep this up. You never know. I mean, Billy Donovan's a hell of a coach. So maybe they can. But there are a few teams in the East that I could definitely see kind of sliding. And that's what would help the Cavs. However, because there are a couple teams behind the Cavs, maybe even three, if you want to throw in the Knicks, because the Knicks were a surprise last year. This year they've really played poorly. And I'm wondering if that's just because last year was a bit of a fluke for them. I mean, they, they gave Kemba Walker a huge contract. And they're two months into his tenure there, and they're already ready to bench him and trade him. So see, it's safe to say I don't think the Knicks are a legit threat. But there are a couple teams that I could see slide up behind the Cavs. So the Cavs have to just keep winning keep playing really good basketball and just keep moving up the ladder a little bit, but I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I like watching every game. I, I actually get, it's fun to be excited for a Cavs game again. This is the most I've watched the Cavs in like three years. Same with me. I mean, when obviously when LeBron was here, I was watching every night. And then when he left, I was watching a little bit with Colin Sexton because I wanted to see what the kid was about. That happens to me a lot. When, when the season starts, I watch it to see the rookies and then when I realize that this team's just terrible and the rookies aren't really doing anything, I kind of give up interest and I wait and see if maybe a couple couple months down the line someone goes, hey, surprisingly, so-and-so is having a really good year, but that hasn't happened yet with any of our rookies. With Sexton, with Garland, or with Akuro, you have these guys that you could, you could have skipped the entire season. You missed nothing. Now with this team, though, it's something to watch. Yeah, Mobley Garland is Garland's still not there. He's still, I mean, he, Garland's an amazing. What I mean by this is that he's an amazing basketball player, but I still think he has so much more to add to his game, and I feel that's going to be extremely good in the Cavs' favor because he's starting to come into what kind of player he is, and he just when he has the ball in his hands, other than that stupid shot, which is a learning lesson for him, I think. Um, I think that he's going to be a little dangerous. He kind of reminds me of Kyrie Irving a little bit, kind of the moves he has and stuff like that. So I'm really just curious to see what happens with him. A little bit. He plays a little too fast at times, and that's something that even Colin Sexton did the same thing. They play a little too right. quick, and that, that hurts him. Um, but like you said, he, he's playing great, potentially an all-star. Uh, I mean, Evan Mobley, if he keeps playing as well as he is, potentially rookie of the year. Definitely some exciting things to grow on. These guys, you assume, they're only going to get better. Um, this actually happened before Sunday. We'll, we'll get off the NBA a little bit here. This one happened before Sunday. We just didn't talk about it. Major League Baseball officially in a in a in a strike, a lockout. Oh yeah, we knew yeah. it was coming. Uh, I'm 
I was listening to a guy break it down the other day on the radio because I someone called and said something like, you know, I'm a casual baseball fan. I truly don't understand what this lockout's about. Can you explain it? And I forgot who explained it. It might have been Chris Rose, but whoever it was, was basically explaining it to me or to the person this way. And it made me think or to understand. They're saying like, yeah, baseball players get paid a shitload of money. Look at Lindor. Look at Max Scherzer. Look at what these guys are getting paid. But what you don't see are these veterans that have been in the league for like five years who scratched and clawed their entire way up the ladder from the minor leagues just to go to the pros, just to play, to be okay. But because there's guys that are cheaper elsewhere, these guys don't get a second contract. So it's almost like a because of arbitration and stuff like that, they're trying to make it to where players can get more security for their their live their livelihood um obviously there's way more to it than that i'm sure there's like profit sharing they're trying to put in the uh the minimum uh the the salary cap floor so teams have to spend a certain amount Uh, we know who's voting against that one (laughs) right well that's the thing is there are there are teams or players that are like you know it's bullshit that you have all these teams out there you have really good players that can't get signed because there's only so many positions and they're taking these really less, way less talented players because they want to save money. So instead of having a good player on your team that would cost you $10 million, you go with a shitty player on your team because he cost you $2 million. And then players are like, fuck that. Make teams spend money so good players can have jobs. And then teams can have competitive baseball. Like the Pirates as a, as a, or the, the as Indians, an Indians or, or Gar- I'm sorry, Guardians fan. I, I support that. I, I, I think too, that'd 100%. be a great addition. Make the Dolan spend. Uh, I hope for whatever reason they, they punish the Dolans for changing the name and getting rid of Chief Wahoo and they make their their salary cap floor double the rest of the league. Hundred and $190 million. Could you imagine a team we could put together? Fuck. <laughs> I'd be happy if they spent $19 million in an offseason. <laughs> so here's the question, though. Is how long do you think this lasts? Who gives in, if anybody? Uh, that's tough. Because obviously the players aren't going to be getting paid during this lockout, and the owners aren't going to be making any money. But the owners are billionaires. The players are 100,000 heirs to millionaires. So it's one of those who's adjusted their lifestyles better to not have income for a while. And unfortunately I think it's going to be the owners because obviously they, they can live with without having a baseball team for a while. Uh, the players on the other hand are the ones that have to pay to keep up with their current lifestyles. And probably a lot of people with new houses, they like new cars, these billionaires, they're all old. Most of them are older guys that, you know, already have everything they need. So they're not out there like making payments on houses and doing stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, do you think they'll? Does it last far into the season, or is it is it over before the season starts? Do we get a full season next year? Uh, that's tough. Let me let me answer that in a couple of weeks. Kind of see how this plays out. If I hear anything about like where it's going, because right now I've heard nothing. I don't even know where you know who has the ball in their court, et cetera. I don't even know where they're at, how far apart they are. So, I don't other than the uh, seven. Other than a seven-minute meeting they had, and they all walked out. <laughs> yeah, that was a waste of time. There was a there was a guy, a writer for the Indians, who actually said that the winter meetings were coming up, that they were supposed to be happening. And he's like, yeah, I never even booked a flight. And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, I, I, had, I knew this wasn't going to happen because they're going to go on strikes. He's like, I never booked a flight, even though the meetings were technically supposed to be this weekend. 
He's like, I never wasted my time even booking. So it was kind of smart, the writing smart guy. Wall. Everyone knew it was going to happen. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So that gets us to the fun known as picks. And I won't you even are, go over the score because I didn't. Yeah, you're having a heck of a season this year so far with these picks. You know, when you're good, you're good. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so I didn't even do our, I didn't do the scores for last week, but I was, I had a four, four game lead on you and our picks were exactly the same last week. So, so that no carries sense even, I'm not even going to bother. Um, I feel this week's going to have some differences because there are some tough picks. Absolutely. This, this was week. a tough week. I actually, I filled out my paper or my sheet for our, our Facebook victims and I've yet to submit it because I'm not confident in a lot of them. There's a lot of, we will talk about it as we break the games down, but there's a lot of guys coming down with COVID, uh, you know, just some interesting dynamics happening around the league that make me want to change a couple of picks. So, with that being said, can you still hear me? Yep, I got you. Okay, I just backed out of the app to open up my picture so I can look at it. I want to make sure it still worked. Uh, but with that being said, we will get right down to it. And here's here's one that we might even differ right off the rip. We have Pittsburgh at Minnesota for Thursday Night Football. I'll let you start us off as I write everything down. I'm back on the Minnesota train, baby. At home, I think uh, I think they come out after that embarrassing loss last week to the Lions with uh, something, if 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 not small, something to prove. I think I think Minnesota takes this one. See, this is one where I am back and forth. Uh, I heard a stat today, and I'm not a hater. I understand he's a stealer, so it pains me to say it. But uh, T.J. Watt is a fucking fantastic football player. Absolutely. And- the stat that I heard today was something like any game. Oh, the win-loss that, record? Yeah. yeah, it was like any game that T.J. Watts played in, uh, at least most of the game, they're like 6-0, and and any game they're not, he hasn't, they're like 0-5-1 or something like that. So he makes a huge impact on that team. Obviously, as a, as a defensive player, it's you can only do so much, especially a defensive end. But he is a really good player. I'm not saying that they only win because of him. But for whatever reason, they played that much better. Um the Vikings offensive line hasn't been that great. They're going to be without Dalvin Cook and without Adam Thielen against a pretty good Pittsburgh defense, even though Pittsburgh is going to be without Joe Hayden. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm torn. I, I, on my paper, I will admit I have Pittsburgh. I think I'll, maybe I'll change it for the Facebook picks, but for this one, I think I might stick with it. I'll go Pittsburgh. So we have differing picks there right off the rip. right off, right, right, right off to the rip. There we go. I also just think that uh, I saw a stat the other day that Minnesota's uh, passing defense is worse than football or close to it. And I think Pittsburgh's going to exploit that. I think they're going to have a a pretty good game offensively. I also am just going with the more disciplined veteran team and a Mike Tomlin coach team. I trust on four days rest or three, whatever the fuck, uh, more than I would Mike Zimmer. So I'm going Pittsburgh. I'm getting one game closer. I like it. Or oh, you're going to be that much further away. Uh, next up, we have Jacksonville at Tennessee. This one, I think, is a pretty easy one. I, I'm going Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee for me, too. That's not even a, worth talking about. Uh, Tennessee has struggled as of late a little bit because of injuries. However, I don't expect much out of him because I drafted him in fantasy and he's done jack shit. Uh, but Julio Jones is expected to play on Sunday. Could be a big lift for them, or it could mean absolutely nothing. 
but I still think the Titans are going to win. Oh. Now we have huh. Las Vegas. Oh, hold Kansas on, City. hold on. Oh. I got to play, play this. Hold on. Justin, your terrible towel is in the mail. That's okay. I go to Costco to buy my toilet paper, but I appreciate the offer. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, so I, I, I for one second, I thought about taking the Raiders just because I've kind of rolled a dice with them a lot this year. Um, but to our point in conversation earlier in the show, I have to go Kansas City. I think they're, they're the more complete team. They're putting it together. Like you said before, their defense is playing the best in the league in the last couple of weeks. I think they continue to get it done. And yet again, another big loss and victory for the Browns. As long as the Browns can win this Sunday, I think Kansas City takes this one. Yeah, I mean, for me, this was a pretty easy pick, Kansas City. Uh, they're, the, they're the better team. I think the Raiders are doing what the Raiders do best, and that is start off kind of hot, look like a playoff team, and then piss down their leg. And I, I was going to say go up in flames, but, you know, would be important what happened. Too soon. <laughs> Next up, no such thing as too soon in my opinion, New Orleans Saints taking on the New York Jets. This is a tough one. I don't know what to make of this because Taysom Hill is expected to start. He, he, we were talking about his uh, fantasy points that he gave you. He played okay, and they played a good Dallas team. Now they're facing a bad Jets team, but there's rumors that Taysom Hill might not even play, so they might go back to Trevor Simeon. Uh, who knows if Alvin Kamara is going to play? Mark Ingram's already been put on the COVID list. Excuse me, so he'll probably be out for the game. Um, their defense is still really good, so that's why I'm going to go with New Orleans, just because the Jets – are turnover machines, and I'm just going to pick the better defense in this game. So that's why I'm going with the Saints. Yeah, I'm going Nolens too. I think that just no matter what is on the field against the Jets, I just can't look at the Jets as a serious team. Yeah, I, I really just there's no there's almost no opponent that I could pick the Jets and be confident in that pick. Even like the the tight the, the Texans game, I was I think I picked the Texans, but the Jets won the game. I think, and yeah, they beat them. And even that one, I was like, I can't go with the Jets. Even though the Texans are the worst team, I still couldn't pick the Jets. It was a really tough one to do. Um, But again, same thing. This one kind of comes down to coaching. Give me Sean Payton over Robert Sala, especially with the product I've seen on the field from both of them. Dallas at Washington, battle of the NFC East. Oh, hey, they do play. Look, there it is this week. Yeah, it's this week. (laughs) This is a tough one because, I mean, Dallas has played decent. And they've also struggled at times. Washington's same thing. So it's kind of like a pick your poison here. At home, Washington seems like a smart pick. However, they just struggled against the Raiders last week. The Cowboys, I think, are just a better team overall. Uh, I think the Washington football team gets a little bit of a reality check here. And I'm going with Dallas. Yeah, I, I went with Dallas in this one, even though I do think it's going to be a closer game than most expect. I think the spread's pretty tiny, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's uh, like three and a half. Yeah, um, if anyone knows about tiny things, it's Kyle. It's hey, oh, it's four, actually. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, still, it's... Uh, four it's, hard. <laughs> four hard, three soft. I'm a grower, not a shower. Uh, next up, we have a little battle of the South, Atlanta against Carolina. Could be a really ugly game. Carolina's played like shit. They just fired their offensive coordinator. Um, 
the wheels are kind of falling off there. Christian McCaffrey hasn't been able to stay healthy for that team for a long time. Atlanta, you never know with them. Surprisingly, Atlanta's, you know, they, they're fighting for a wild card spot. I don't think they'll get one, but they're, they're in the hunt, which is more impressive than I was expecting for them this season. Uh, with that being said, I'm just going to go with the, the veteran team. Give me Matt Ryan over anybody on Carolina. So I'm going to go with the Falcons. Well, so I was back and forth on this one for a while, but I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Carolina. Okay. Um, probably a bad pick, probably, but at this point, I got to make up some ground. Um, but I think Car- Carolina could could surprise some. I don't think it's gonna be a pretty game by any team, but I think Carolina might get it done. All right, differing picks. There we are. Uh, next one: Seattle against Houston. Uh, to Rod Taylor. They, they said he, like, tore some ligaments in his hand or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So he's out. Davis Mills will start. From what I've seen from Davis Mills, he is a terrible quarterback so far. So in his rookie debut, debut, I don't expect him to ever really get much better. But I'll take Seattle and Russell Wilson over Houston in this, this one. Yeah, I, again, like the Jets, I just can't put Houston in really any game other than playing the Jets, like you said. Uh, so, yeah, give me Seattle. All right, Detroit at Denver. Can Detroit win two games in a row, or does the Denver defense kind of swaddle them a little bit? So I'm not feeling as good as I was last week for Detroit. I'm going Denver in this one. I think their defense is just too good um, uh, to pull for them to pull two off in a row. But, yeah, give me Denver in this one. Yeah, I mean, I hope not, but my thought process is kind of like – I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Denver's defense is going to be a nightmare for the for the Lions, but – I also kind of think the Lions have a very young, inexperienced, bad team. They get their first win. Good for them. But I'm wondering if that maybe went to their head a little bit, and they spent this week, a little too much of this week, being happy on cloud nine, and then they're going to get punched in the face on Sunday. So I'm with you. Did you, see that, did you see that video of uh, Jeff Jared Goff's girlfriend? My God. No, what happened? No, just she's she's a Sports Illustrated model, and she was on oh, the beach no, shooting. Oh, no, I didn't. I thought, like, something happened at the game or something. No, no, like, she, they won the game, and she's shooting, like, a, a whatever, a shoot on the beach, and it just showed her my my, my God was how she looks. Like, good, good for Jared. Congratulations on all your success, sir. Speaking of football players dating models, we or not football players, I should say, football people, we've never talked about Mike Zimmer's girlfriend. Did you see that story? No, this is something I need to Google right now. Mike Zimmer. I would highly recommend it. Mike Zimmer is reportedly dating a supermodel that's like half his age. Mike Zimmer's. So, Holy it, shit. It pays to be rich, kids. That's all I can say. I mean, she's clearly in it for the looks. I mean, yeah, no, it's personality. Love. They, she, she looks like she enjoys going to bed at 6 p.m. with her geriatric boyfriend. Um, doesn't look like she, she looks like she's free... like 21. Yeah, and she's pretty young. She definitely doesn't enjoy the free sweets that she gets at the games or, you know, all that money or anything like that. It's definitely for the love. Would you believe me if I told you she's 38 years old? Uh, yeah, I actually, like I said, I thought I thought I looked her up before when I first saw the article or I, I clicked the article and saw it and saw that she's like, you know, about half his age because he's probably like fucking 70 or something, I think. She's a she's a, a 38 year old mother model and vice president of a middle market lending at a bank and trust in Australia. Interesting. Well, I'm sure Mike Zimmer loves spending a lot of time down under. So good for him. Bada boom, bada bing. 
They write themselves. Next up, the New York football <laughs> giants taking on the Los Angeles football chargers. The Los Angeles COVID depleted football chargers. Yeah, they about. are. They are getting hit hard. They have since, since the Keenan Allen story broke on Monday, he's vaccinated. There's a chance he could play, but I'm not banking on it. He, uh, he tested positive. And then today they announced that Mike, Mike Williams, yeah. Mike Williams is also out. And then, uh, Al Harris, I think, was there. the other guy, a defensive player. Joey Bosa left the Cincinnati game early with a head injury. I don't know if it's a concussion, if it's confirmed, what. But uh, they could be down a few players. With that being said, they are taking on more than likely the Mike Glennon-led New York Giants, and I will take the Chargers in that situation regardless. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I feel like you're building up to switching and going for the Giants, but I'm like, how do you do that? Uh, yeah, I think I I think the Chargers they still have Austin Eckler, and that's all you probably need. So I, I think they're going to win this game. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think they're going to be okay. Uh, next up, we have the San Francisco 49ers against the Cincinnati Bengals. I am going to admit right now, this is probably my toughest pick of the week. I don't have this one selected yet, so mine was going to be based off what you decided. All right, so this is tough, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, because I, I mean, my thought process, I was just back and forth, and like, why? What would San Francisco have to do to win? What would what would Cincinnati have to do to win? And both have okay defenses. Both can move the ball down the field. It's like, oh, do who do I trust this game? And yeah, I don't know. I'm it's blank right now for me. So I'm basing my opinion strictly off of what Bull from Bull and Fox said. Oh boy! And as a Bengals fan, well, I just took his word for for gospel because he is a Bengals fan. He was going. He was breaking down the Chargers game against the, the Bengals Chargers game and going over the mistakes the Bengals made. And when he broke them all down, it kind of hit me of like that is true that they did have to make a lot of crazy mistakes in order to lose that game. Uh, one of them being Joe Mixon fumbling. Joe Mixon fumbled. The Chargers defense scooped it and scored. Joe Mixon hasn't fumbled in over a year. Like the guy just does not fumble. So for that to happen was extremely rare. Just little things like that that kind of make me think. And then another one, we saw the Jamar Chase interception that Joe Burrow threw. Just a drop. It was a perfect throw by Burrow. Uh, he does have that banged up finger, but he was still able to sling it a little bit on Sunday, even with the finger. So just because they're at home, they, they're coming off an ugly loss, which for whatever reason, when the Bengals have an ugly loss, they usually come back and win. The Niners, I just don't think are legit. Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing poorly. They're pretty banged up. I don't think Debo Samuel's going to play, which is a huge loss for the Niners. So that being said, I'm going Cincinnati. Not an easy so pick, makes me, but I'm going it, with Cincinnati. What, what makes me question this is that San Francisco's favored, you know, in this game, and even in Cincinnati being at home, so they're they're one one and a half point favorite. But as a home team, that's that's a big swing, you know, uh, being Cincinnati. I, I I don't know. I'm gonna you know what? Fuck it. I'm rolling the dice. I'm going to San Francisco I, again. Got to make up some plays. Got to make some games here this week. I think it's gonna be a good game either way. But give me give me San Francisco to win this one. All right, we got a split. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's they're professionals, so it is what it is. But I, I think you know the Niners traveling from San Francisco to Cincinnati. The time difference alone, um, even though it is a 4:30 game, still. Um, I don't know, maybe being in the cold weather. I don't exactly know what the weather's supposed to be like. It can get kind of kind of windy and chilly down in Cincinnati. Who knows? Um, this was a tough one, honestly. It's almost like a 50-50, but I'm just going with what I've seen as a better team overall this year is the Bengals. 
So I'm just going to go with them. Next I can up, make up what, some games this week. I'm looking pretty excited. Absolutely. Uh, this game going into the into the season could have been a Super Bowl preview, but right now it looks like it's a team barely holding on against a team that's kind of going to coast into the playoffs. We have the Buffalo Bills taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, here's your chance to see what what Josh Allen's all about. It's going to be warm weather, more than likely, um, down in Tampa. I mean, does he come out and have something to prove after not being able to do much last week? I don't know. Um, my pick's Tampa Bay. I think this is the this this is the um, streak that Tom Brady goes on every year at the end of the season. He just gets into a an, an autopilot mode, and like you said, they're going to coast into playoffs. I just don't think they lose the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean. Uh... They're, they're definitely faced with a little bit of scrutiny right now because they have the whole Antonio Brown fake COVID card scandal going on. And there's a lot of people that are calling him out for that and saying when he was signed, Bruce Arian said he is on a one strike policy short leash. If he screws up once, he's out of here. And he screwed up a couple of times and they're sticking with him for whatever reason still. Because they um, see that Super Bowl coming. That's what and they that's, do. That's exactly what it is. They see the it's for the greater good. So... I'm picking Tampa as well. However, it, it's a weird, it's a weird situation in Buffalo. What's happening right now? Josh Allen signed that mega contract in the off season. Um, he's going to be there for a long time, obviously, but he has definitely taken a step back as a quarterback, which is weird because their their record is terrible. His stats aren't explosive, but when I saw the game on Monday Night Football, he's actually I think he was in third place or second place overall according to Vegas to be. MVP, which is crazy. I mean, that was before the game, but still. Um, to think that Josh Allen could still be in the conversation to win MVP with how bad the Bills are playing. But again, it, it's not just on Josh Allen. A lot of that's that's the thing with a lot of football fans is they, they they'll fit their own narrative. So if you say Baker's not very good because of his stats, then people go, Well, look at Josh Allen's stats. That means he sucks too. And it's like, no, there's it's it's a little different. It just depends on the team, the situation, etc. Josh Allen is expected to be a, a gunslinger. However, they have no running game. Their running game is non-existent. Whereas, like, if you put Baker on the Bills, his numbers would be putrid. They'd be lucky to win a game. Josh <laughs> Allen on the Browns would probably be an MVP. You know what I mean? So it's just it's easy to, to pick and choose your arguments for people because that's one I've heard of, of, like, well, Josh Allen sucks. So that's, you know, the Browns shouldn't pay Baker because Josh Allen got paid and he sucks. But I would still take Josh Allen any day of the week over Baker. But I digress. I'm going with Tampa Bay as well. It's always always something to get that last stab in the back for Baker. I like it. Well, it's just it's an easy comparison because they're from the same draft class. They're on teams with high expectations. They've seen ups and downs from the quarterbacks because I mean Josh Allen started off very poorly. He 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 threw he turned the ball over a ton, and then he started getting really good. And then now, again, he's taken kind of a step back, whereas Baker's done the same thing. Baker started off pretty good, took a huge step back, then a little bit of a step forward, and then another huge step back. So it's just showing you the uh, – the Was he doing the hokey pokey? Class. You put your one hand in, you take your right <laughs> Except Baker puts his right hand back and drops a football, apparently, as I learned from the, the Ravens game. Zinga. And then Monday Night Football, or no, I'm sorry, I skipped one. Sunday Night Football, Chicago at Green Bay. Justin Fields cleared to return at Green Bay. Packers coming off a bye. I expect the Packers to roll. I, I assume I won't even need to watch more than 
you know, 20 minutes of this game before it's officially over. <clears throat> yeah, no, this should be a pretty easy win for Green Bay. Um, Justin Fields or no Justin Fields, is Green Bay is just, again, another team that's going to hit that autopilot button right now and probably coast them way into a nice playoff run. So, Very much so. I'm, uh, I'm not – honestly, I probably won't even watch this game, maybe for a few minutes. Monday Night Football, we have the Los Angeles Rams against the Arizona Cardinals. Last time these two teams met up, it was expected to be a huge showdown of the NFC West, and the Cardinals rolled the Rams. The Rams have been playing kind of 50-50 ball as of late. They had a huge win on Sunday, but it was against the Jags, so it wasn't that impressive. Can they keep that momentum going against a legitimate team as the, the Cardinals, or do the Cardinals kind of regain the top throne in the NFC. What say you, Kyle? So I'm actually excited to watch this game. Um, should be a really good I, I think one, absolutely. It should be pretty good. But I think um, the Rams, I don't know if, I don't know who the Rams are. Like the Rams are so hot and cold anymore. It's insane. Like they are loaded up with star talent. Like most LA teams are nowadays. And um, they can't do much with it. Like most LA teams now nowadays right now. Um, no shot at LeBron or anything, but I, I think Arizona wins this one. I think they it's going to be, uh, last night. <laughs> I'm, I'm not just talking about one game. Um, but no, I think Arizona wins this one. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Might be high. It's going to be high scoring. I think the point spread right now is 52 over under. So I think it's gonna be pretty high scoring. It's gonna be fun to watch, but yeah, I think Arizona wins. Yeah. I'm with you. I have Arizona. Arizona's getting healthy. Uh, the Rams, like you said, they're struggling to find their identity. Sean McVay is an offensive genius. You expect them to be a lot better, but they have had a lot of key injuries on the, on, on offense. They lost Robert Woods. That was, I mean, a lot of people kind of overlooked that, but Robert Woods is one of the best wide receivers in football, not just on the Rams. Losing him for the season was huge. The, uh, losing some running backs, a lot of guys injured. They just got uh, Daryl Henderson back last week. He didn't even get a touch because he wasn't healthy yet enough. Um, so they're trying to get healthy. They're trying to come back. They're doing their thing defensively I agree with you with all those talented players you expect so much more onto that defense but they're uh not playing up to their potential but that happens it happens in the NFL um but I'm with you I win Arizona Can't wait. it's gonna be fun to watch but yeah I think it's gonna be a easy one for Arizona and now that gets us <clears throat> to the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns Monday or Sunday uh for game of the week for us uh one o'clock game saving that one for last uh we we kind of broke everything down earlier um i don't know i mean i'm not expecting the game to be anything like the first matchup truthfully i i i'm expecting i'm not expecting lamar jackson to all of a sudden you know play lights out because they have a ton of injuries he's playing poorly as of late which i'm happy about however it's one of those things of like, is that going to continue forever or is he eventually going to snap out of it? It's going to be unfortunate if it happens against us. Our defense has played really, really well of late. So it's one of those situations where I want to side with our defense, but our offense, I don't know what to make of it. We had a week to do what they could with the bye week. I, there was, I heard it on the radio today and I couldn't have, couldn't have agreed more. They, they, somebody asked, they're like, you know, the Browns had a bye week. They're playing the same team but you saw what they did against the Ravens two weeks ago. What do you really expect them to have learned 
in one bye week that's going to all of a sudden make them that much better. For me, well, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was say, no, go say ahead. You're fine. Coaching, uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski gets his head out of his ass, gives the ball to the running game a little bit more, focuses on the run, make us that run team. The problem with that, though, is that our run game was so good last year. It's been really good this year, but it was so good last year. I also think a lot of that had to do with because of our play action, the bootlegging, the shit like that. We were really good at it. We were able to get all that stuff done. However, this year, Baker Mayfield, again, and I don't want to sound like I'm harping on Baker only, but it really boils down to when Baker isn't playing well, you really can only do so much, and that's what's killing the team. <clears throat> Go ahead and so I agree. I, I agree with you. I think coaching's the big thing. I think that's the one thing where they're going to go into the bye week and say, okay, what are, what are we doing or what have we been doing this season that's just not working? Let's throw that shit in the trash. Well, um, you can't and throw I, Baker out. <laughs> kind of set that one up, didn't I? Yeah, you um, did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think that they need to lessen those screenplays that I, I, we, I, we joke about. I joke about at least. Lessen the screenplays, run the ball more. Um, and stop being so predictable. I, I mentioned this last week. I, the Browns just have a very predictable offense right now. Every time they try to run that screenplay or the rollouts, the defense is right there waiting for it because that's all they see anymore. You know what I mean? So I think the good thing about this weekend is that it might force the fancy to run a different offense, at least a little bit, because his tight ends aren't there. His safety blankets aren't there anymore. So I do think Stefanski being coach of the year and, and in my opinion, a really good coach, He'll make those adjustments, and we might see a different Browns offense this week. Not drastically, but a, a different enough that it makes a difference um, uh, to potentially win the game. Yeah, so I agree with you completely. I mean, last year you saw the Browns put a ton of money, a ton of draft picks, et cetera, into the defense. I think next year it's going to be the polar opposite. They're going to put a ton of money and draft picks into the offense, which they should. It needs it. Um, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm throwing in the towel. With five games left, don't get me wrong, there's still a chance. You know, my one of my favorite movies of all time, Dumb and Dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yes, <laughs> there is a chance for the playoffs and all that good stuff. However, um, I look at it as like we're just at the point where we have too many injuries. I don't even think it's the the offense is figured <laughs> out. I think we, we run an offense where if it's executed perfectly – it doesn't matter if it's figured out. It can be done properly. The problem is Baker's been very inaccurate. Our wide receivers have been abysmal. They're not getting separation. I think it's more so the talent has been figured out, more so than the play calling and coaching, if that makes sense. I think it's more so defenses are just not afraid of anybody we put out there that isn't right. named Nick Chubb. And that's why teams can shut us down because our, you know I don't think one defender is afraid of Donovan Peoples-Jones or Jarvis Landry beating them it's just one of those things where we don't have that type of an offense. We don't have that playmaker, that dynamic player, even with the tight ends out, David and Joku's only so good. Harrison Bryant's only so good. And then our wide receivers, even the healthy ones aren't doing anything. Anthony Schwartz is still in concussion protocol. Even a healthy Anthony Schwartz has done jack shit this year. So I think it just more boils down to talent. And because we don't have that dynamic next level talent, our offense isn't clicking which is weird because we have damn near the same exact team as we did last year, and this team was able to click. So again, I revert to the main common denominator, and that's the quarterback. Baker is obviously hurt. He cannot play like he did last year. He can't roll out. He can't bootleg. 
He can't take the hits that he used to take because he's so hurt. And that is 150,000% what's hurting this offense, in my opinion. So either the offseason needs to come and Baker needs to get that surgery and get healthy, or they need to move on, upgrade the quarterback, or at least attempt to, and upgrade positions around the quarterback. But I think this, this offense can be saved. It can be fine. We just need to get the key component, and that is a quarterback. So until everything gets straightened out with that, I don't expect this team to do too much. With that being said, I think the the, the final nail in the coffin, or I, well, it won't be the final one, but I think the first nail in the coffin officially happens this Sunday. You and I even said before the Ravens game, pretty much losing that game is going to cost us our season the first time. We lost. Here we are a week later, two weeks later, and we still have a chance for the playoffs. But I'm I'm at the point where this is the legitimate the lid was put on the coffin two weeks ago. If we lose on Sunday, that's a nail driven in. I think we're just about done. Unfortunately, with that being said, I'm going Baltimore. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I, uh, I, while I agree with everything you just said, I'm, I'm going Browns. I'm going Browns. I, I, think, I, I think they pull it off. I think they look a little better, obviously better than they did last time they played them. I think they figured it out. I think the bye week helps. Um, I think Cleveland wins this one, and they go out next week and they lose that one. I'm calling that one early, but I think they win this one at least. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to. I hate Baltimore. I just look at it as Baltimore lost because they had a shitload of injuries on Sunday to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a veteran team. Um I don't know. I just I, I, I don't have a good feeling about it. Um, I'm just going off of the 12 games I've watched this year of the Browns. They've really not given me any reason to think, especially as of late, any reason to think that they can keep up with a, with a contending team. We struggled against Detroit. We struggled against even – I mean, I get it. Baker wasn't out there, but we struggled against the, the Broncos. We've just not looked good overall, and I don't see that changing. I don't under I, – I, Nothing in me can go, no, I'm sure we'll be great after we haven't been good for two months. I'm sure we'll be great on Sunday. I just can't I can't get <laughs> over that, and I'm just going to go with my gut, and I'm going Baltimore. Plus, being, I'm going to be watching this game in a Browns backer bar in Chicago. Like, I found a really fun one to go to. Um, I, I hope I just, I just can't be in a bar and lose the game, so I'm hoping we win just so I can be around all these cool Browns fans when it happens. So, I mean, worst-case scenario – since you're in Chicago, the Bears will probably lose by like 30. So you got that going for you. They'll be really extra sad when that happens. You rub that in their face <laughs> a little bit. True. Very true. Uh, can't wait to get Sunday. See what happens. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us. That's all I got. I'll let Kyle get back to packing. I got some shit to do myself. Watch the final quarter of the Cavs game. Yeah, that's all I got, man. All right. I will talk to you soon. Enjoy your trip. All right. Later, buddy. See you.